Thank you, Jesus. Y'all please be seated and grab your Bibles. You are going to need them. Turn into Revelations chapter 12. I want to introduce my son. He's uh, He and I have been running around together about 28 years, ain't that right? Stand up, son. Let him see you again. Our, we match, he and I. It was... Uh, it was on purpose. He, uh, I'm blessed. All my kids love Jesus. Two of them are married and gone out of the house. They work directly with me in ministry. I'm blessed about that. I don't have any tolerance for anything else. Every one of you ought to be raising people to be preachers, not anything else. I mean, it's time for the harvest to come in. We do it by preaching the gospel. Amen. So that's my opinion. It's God's also. <clears throat> Come on, Holy Ghost. I want to tell you all, my wife, uh, would she normally would be with me, especially in the United States, but uh, been traveling around a lot all over the world, and uh, so I let her stay home. Uh, in these few weeks I'm out here, uh, catching the kids' school up. There's two at the house still. Uh, it's just those things you have to do. It just has to be done. And so I just wanted, she wanted me to make sure y'all understood this. She'd rather be here. But things, certain things have to be done. Uh, somebody have, every now and then has to stay about the stuff. <laughs> it's her turn. All right. Now then. I don't even know where to start with you. Some of y'all I recognize. I've seen y'all before. Uh, Brother Ed, would you stand up, please? Brother Ed's a good friend of mine. I love him dearly. He's a pastor friend of mine. I love him. From way up north, right on the Canadian border, I'm not sure if he says he's American or Canadian. It don't make any difference. He's Michigan. I know that. I'm playing. He's from Michigan. It's a blessing. All right? There's some other people I recognize, and I, I just want to tell you that uh, I don't know where to start with you. I've been down there, soon be 25 years. Down there is Mexico. It's, uh, I have no desire, nor am I, in, unless God just supernaturally nails me and makes me do it, I'm not going to come out of there. I, I work in the mountains. And I, I mean, mountains about five times bigger than these around here. A little bit bigger than these. But these are still nice. I, I enjoyed my ride through there today coming over here. Uh, from, I come from Camden down south. Uh, y'all in Revelation 12? All right. Uh, look up verse uh, 1. I only want to do one verse. Uh, I got me a pretty little sermon up here. Well, if they look at it, you see it's hen scratch. That's how I do everything. Uh, I don't have my printouts for you. Um Maybe we'll do that one day, but not right now. I'm interested in one thing, us being healed and touched by the Holy Ghost. You know, That's the only thing that matters. Nothing else matters. If the anointing's not there, we all just all go home and watch a ball game or something. I'm serious. Oh, boy. You know, uh, I've got the great honor now. I get to preach every day of my life, everywhere I go. It's fun. Big assemblies, large assemblies, it's all the same to me. Uh, I've sometimes traveled 12, 14 hours by truck and then hiked 10 or 12 hours. 
to get to one family where I live. And it's important to me to do the same effort to them as it would be to come to a larger assembly. I believe God's watching all of us. And how we handle and what we do and what we say is very important to Him. And uh, how our integrity and honor is, is very valuable to Him. That'll moderate your life in the future. How you walk integrity and honor and your faithfulness. But we're, we're blessed to be down there working with more than two dozen tribes of Indians now. In our work, it's well over 300. There's way over 300 churches we've started. Uh, God's really blessed our work. Y'all, He's opened the world up to us now. I'm up here mainly uh, to go around, catch up, pick up, meet some new folks like y'all. Uh, catch up with old, older people I've been knowing for a while. Uh, I'm on my way to Europe. We'll be in Germany and Switzerland and France. Uh, get back from there. I'm going home, Mexico. And be down there for a few months. Then we're going to Brazil, be in South America for a while, doing Coliseum work. That's a bunch of folks. And then we're going down to uh, over to down under, going into uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Philippines, uh, and then back up in Japan, and then back home. It's quite a trip we're doing. And uh, it's all for Jesus, all for souls. And I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, what God's doing with us, I wouldn't say it's unique. I can find it in nearly every nearly every book in the Bible that I read. Uh, if you'll humble yourself to God, He'll touch you. And He'll give you power. You can have it. It's, it's yours. He's appropriated it for you. The devil is lying to you. The reason you're not walking in it. It's not because God don't have it. He's not holding it over your head. He's not holding it, keeping it away from you. He's not tantalizing you with it. He loves you. It's His will for us to walk in the power of the gospel. I'm a pastor's son. I've been in this thing forever. Before I was born, I was in this. <laughs> I, I've been in it a long time. And I plan to stay where I'm at. Just grow in the gospel, that's all. But I, I'm really blessed to come out of uh, several generations of uh, pastors. I'm fourth generation. My son's fifth and my grandson, his boy, we're training him to be sixth. And we're training him up to preach the gospel. Nothing else. I can send him anywhere in the world and to do anything, but my, my opinion, the greatest thing he can ever do is touch people and raise them from the dead. That's mine and God's opinion. I don't want to look at something here. Our work is growing, y'all. I have not, uh, I'm not disappointed. I'm excited. I'm not out of money. I'm not tired. I'm very excited. Uh, I was disappointed in, not in my daddy or any of the elders around me when I grew up, but I was disappointed to see that the power of God wasn't readily available to different people. And so I personally began to seek God for several years, and He's come now, and He's staying. And we're going to stay with him in Jesus' name. Uh, there's well over 250 dead raisins now in our work. Uh, I personally have been in only 22 of them. And plan on being in more. 
uh, every kind of disease just about that's known has been overpowered by the spirit of power and might and get life given back. Uh, every age group from children to 85 years old, uh, anywhere from 20 minutes to three days. So I, I don't have any tolerance for people that tell me God can. I know, I know that already. I want to see it. Alright. So do you. So in a minute we'll show you. Uh, my boy was very early age. Uh, whenever he saw his first one, it was, God had the nerve to come down to our work from America and die right in his bed. <clears throat> so to get him out of his bed, we raised him from the dead and sent him home. Holy Ghost. <laughs> I want you to see something. There, there's a couple of things I want, just phrases. I'm not, I just don't feel like I can uh, probably give you any great new revelations. Uh, y'all are smarter than I am. Uh, y'all have better technology than we do. Y'all have prettier cars and clothes and fancier buildings. And you stay cooler longer than we do. But I'm not here for that. I'm here for demonstration. I understand why I'm here. I'm not negligent. I know I came here and I know why you came here. Because you wanted to see the glory of God. And that puts a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. But let me tell you right now, they're pretty broad and I worked out before I came over here. Just so I wouldn't overpower y'all and have too much energy. I wanted to burn it a little bit so I <laughs> not run over you too bad. <laughs> okay? All right. First of all, thank y'all for letting us come. We really appreciate it. Uh, every country in the world is now open to us. We can go anywhere we want to. But I don't do it by order of people coming. I put a stack down there and I go away and fast and pray for a few days and and I just God starts revealing to me where I need to go and I look and there's places so we go there that's how we do it alright so I also believe it's divine appointment in Jesus name alright y'all ready is that enough what else y'all need to know about us uh, y'all probably know more about me than I do uh, that internet's on fire with stuff about us and uh there's tapes out there. There's every kind of thing. I don't send them out. I don't do that. Don't even don't even call and harass my office. They'll offend you because I've given them orders to offend people. <laughs> if you want a tape, get it from a local church where we've been and you can have all you want. Because I was raised, like I said, a preacher's boy. And I believe in the local church and the local pastor that's doing what he's supposed to for God and and I back that 100%. I won't take anything away from him. I honestly have a mandate from God to have integrity every time I stand up here and not make any mistakes. So I won't. Not right here. In Jesus' name. It says right here, and uh, I'm reading, i got a parallel Bible. Is that okay? Amplified in King James. Is that all right? We all right with that? All right. 
Well, it's important you ask because some places I go, they're not all right with it. So I have to read only out of King James. And I'm, I, don't, I don't care, honestly. Because I usually end up saying what I want to anyway. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Something broke out. What was it? Isn't that something? War broke out. It was pride. It was pomp. It was jealousy. It was selfishness. It was envy that did all that and caused all this trouble. And I tell you, I've had myself enough of it. So Michael and his angels went forth to battle with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels were fought. What's the first phrase in verse 8? I heard about seven translations. King James says they prevailed not. The Amplified says they were defeated. Now what happened to them? God threw them out. God threw them right out of heaven. Now I have a question for you. So if God threw them out and you want God, why you got him in your house? I, you know, I, I'm not here to get along. I'm here to either be right or wrong. I don't mind you judging me. I get that everywhere I go. But the people that judge me are people that can't raise the dead. They can't even get their own headache healed. So I, you know. Uh, uh, I'm either overconfident and prideful and arrogant. Or I'm right. And I will gladly let you make the decision. I, I, I don't care. All right. Let's get all this straight in the beginning here. We've got a couple of days together. I want to make sure you, we got everything in order. All right. If you want to get offended, some of you just can't help yourself. You just have to. You just stand there where well, you got these big radar dishes just looking for the slight. You'll look me up and down. And, but I'll I tell you, my wife had me all dressed up. She's not here. She's a long ways off. But she took care of me before I left. And I know I'm neat. I may not be dressed like you want me to be, but at least I'm neat. You know how I'm dressed? Where I'm comfortable. You can butt out. <laughs> we're going to have ourselves some fun. Can y'all tell? You'd think I should be more nervous than I am. Problem is, I always am until I open my Bible up, and then all of a sudden something happens. I realize that the devil is defeated. There's something else I want, I want y'all to do right up front. I want you to see, because this is what I want for all of us. Because this is what's happening in our work. I found it now in the Bible, finally. Last five years have been very hectic. There's stuff going on that you can't find readily in the Bible. I guess we're writing some of it. Because it's really happening really different and odd. Not normal to what, compared to what we're all used to. God comes in and takes possession of us. Now I, want, I, want, I want to look over here. Go back in the Old Testament. I want to re read something to you out of, the, out of the Amplified book. I found a phrase. I want, it's important. 
Let's see, it's over here in Judges. I'm not going to give you this whole story. I don't want to. I'm doing something else. But I want to, I do want you to understand that I believe the devil's defeated. As far as I'm concerned, that's the ended, ended statement. I do have tolerance for people that don't believe that, or that somebody that says they do but still has some unbelief in their heart. Or somebody has an attack from the devil and it's overwhelming them at a certain time in their life and they do not, can't get control of it and they're having a little struggle. I have tolerance for all of that. Understand? But out of me, you're going to get one word. He's defeated. Let's go. But, Brother David, this is serious. But, Brother David, I've been wiped out here. This is, I understand that. And I, and I do feel emotionally, I'm tied to that and I understand that and I, and I feel it. But the, the, the last statement I've got to give you is, the devil's a liar and he's defeated. Okay? All right. We're straightening a lot of stuff out here, getting it, getting it sorted here. All right. Now, I want you to see something. Uh, I'm not going to do this whole thing, but I, I just want you to look in Judges 6. Uh, this is where uh, Gideon gets chosen. Uh, Israel's overrun because of sin. Uh, Gideon is chosen out. Angel comes to him. He's over there hiding like some of y'all are. In, in, a, in a room like this, an atmosphere like this, some of you don't mind worshiping Jesus, but you get it in right out in the world around people that, that, that intimidate you and could guide your life. You go hide behind the threshing instruments to beat out a little bit of corn. That's what Gideon was doing. He was hiding. And he was crying too. Because they wanted deliverance. Verse 7, they cried. Verse 9, I deliver you out of the hand of the Egyptians. I am your Lord. An angel came there in verse 11. Verse 12, angel appeared to Gideon. Look what he told him. You're a mighty man of God. What was he? He was a chicken. I'm looking at some chickens. There's chickens in here. They're not just out in all them thousands of chicken barns I saw when I was riding up here. I don't even know what y'all call them. Houses. That's exactly what you call them. <laughs> At least I didn't say coops, because my God, them things are too big for a chicken coop. <laughs> I told Pastor when I got here, I said, I really didn't understand. You know, I didn't really know what y'all did up here. Because I've only driven through here a few times. On my way to somewhere else. But I realize y'all grow chickens and hay. We do in Mexico also. So lots of things are similar here. Except I'm getting over the chicken syndrome. Right. He was beating out wheat in number 11. In the wine press to hide... Some of you is hiding. You'll tell me you know that the devil's defeated, but why are you hiding from him is my question to you. Let's do it in the open. Let's draw him out. Let's kill him. 
<laughs> I reckon we can take him out, don't you? <laughs> Holy Ghost. Jesus. There's this boy. He still works for me just over in Mongolia. Our work is big. It's over in Mongolia too now. He was a young boy and he kind of worked there. He was, man, he was easily pushed. You know, I could easily train him and help him. He was, oh man, he was just following me anywhere. And he got to where he could speak the language real well. And so I sent him out with some Indians one afternoon. And on the way to church, we get threats every day of our life where I live. Because if you preach the gospel where I live, they're going to kill you. And so you just got to give them a chance, that's all. And so they, this boy's on the way to church, and uh, he's doing right. I've trained all of my men to, to lead and to be aggressive and to be on fire for God. And if you're not going to be, I'm not going to work with you. And uh, he was going to climbing this mountain, because where we live, everywhere you go is a mountain, so you've got to climb it to go to church. Because uh, the Indians are all pushed up into the mountains. And so, as he was there, walking, enjoying the jungle. I mean, it, for us, it's awesome to get to go places where nobody's ever preached the gospel. To get to go up in there and talk about Jesus. And to be a man, to be filled with the Holy Ghost and enjoy yourself. Just look for the devil. Because he's there. You just got to hunt him up. He is behind every tree and under every rock. You just keep on looking directly, you'll turn him up. <laughs> well, as this, they told us, they was going to kill us, so I had them going up a different trail, and but the problem was they was watching every trail up. So they jumped out of, out of the bushes, what's what we call the bushes, jungle, bush, I don't, it don't matter to me what you call it, a bunch of green foliage. And they jumped out. These fellas did. And my young man is there, and they, they've got these machetes filed on both sides. They're going to they're gonna run, him, run, him, run him through. But before they could get to him, one of my Indian pastors jumped in the way to save his life, and they ran right through him. Right out. Isn't that something? So these devils from hell let go of those knives and run off. So here you got this young boy, young man. One of my seasoned veteran pastors is in there in front of him. Got knife holes stuck through him. The other pastors come, pull the knives out, gather him up, tie. They took the shirts off and tore him up in the bandages and did their best. Carried him on up the hill. It was close to the village, put him in there. They didn't have a service, of course. They spent the rest of the evening and the rest of the night praying for the man. He wasn't doing well. Of course, you're in the jungle and it's hot and gangrene and lots of different things start getting you pretty quick. So they carried him back down the mountain to, to his village and left him there. And they sent word to me that the incident happened. I didn't know how many of them. I didn't know what. I just know it was a serious problem. So I made my way over there after church. They, they got me on the radio, so I made my way back. I was coming from another one. I went over. I got there to find my man laid there, and he's oozing. He's quit bleeding because it went internal. Some of his organs are sliced in two. And I grabbed him by the hands. And I told him, there's nothing I can do for you except pray. 
And he grabbed me with his bloody hands and he said to me, Brother David, did I do good? I said, you did good. Thank you for saving my little friend's life. I said, heaven is waiting on you, my brother. The greatest thing you can ever do is lay your life down for another one. There's nothing greater. I can prove that scripturally if I have to be pushed into it. And he passed out. He went into a coma. And he was struggling to stay alert till I got there. I wanted, he wanted to see me. Because he, he only wanted to ask me one question. And that was, how did I do? <laughs> he did real good, didn't he? Real good. I'm very proud of him. So I laid my hands on him, got angry. Spent the rest of the night there with the other brothers, waiting, watching, believing. He was barely breathing. Sent some people in my truck, top of the hill. They called in to my wife, got up on a mountain, called my wife, our base. Let her know I wasn't coming home. We had an incident, and I'll be back later. Since I had church out there the next day, I decided to just stay there with them. So I went on, <clears throat> left him. Time came to go to church in the afternoon. So I went on out, hiked on up. Man, I was angry. You have no idea. You don't get it. I'm an aggressive fella. <laughs> Very. And whenever push comes to shove, I'll shove back. But it's not done with my physical hand. It's done by the great Holy Ghost. Done by the great Holy Ghost. See, because look right here. I understand what Gideon went through. It says in verse 15, Gideon said to him, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? I'm the poorest. The very first thing you ever think about whenever you want, God calls you or asks you to do something, any one of you, don't matter who you are, well, I ain't got any money. Well, he knew that before he ever talked to you. Do you, do you realize that? I'm the least in the house. And my father, our clan, is the smallest in Israel. Now, how can I be the man? Didn't even phase God. He looked him right in the face and said, You're doing all right, man of God. Just keep on listening. So you got to understand the devil's defeated. you got to understand that God's called you to be a warrior. God's called you out. You are not normal. You are not like everybody else. You're not called to be like everybody else. You are God's child. You're not a religious devil. You are God's child. You've been called out. It may not be to where I go all over the world, all these countries, and do things I do. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, your next door neighbor needs you. But he don't need you to be religious. He can get that from the other side. He needs you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He needs the power of God running through you. He needs to see. He needs to see the testimony of Christ in your spirit. That's what he needs to see. God already knew he was from the smallest tribe. God already knew he was from the poorest family. God already knew he was from the he was the youngest son. And he God knew all that stuff. 
God even knew where to find him. He was hiding from the devil. But he went and got him anyway. What we got to do is yield to Jesus. Okay? First thing, realize that the devil is dead. He's been defeated. And you say, well, he's very much alive in my life. Well, I know you let him in your house. Get him out. Let's throw him out. Whatever it takes, let's get rid of him. You'll be right if you do. I'm not going to point any fingers. I'm, I'm getting, I've got him out of my house. I'm, you know, I've got my own job. Me and my house are going to serve the Lord the way we know how. I'm, not, I'm just telling you what I think is right. It is right. Because there's something you want, and I know, I know that. But you've got to get over yourself. I'm, I'm not finding that America is that much different than, than other nations I go to. You know, there's all this talk about America and all the, the, the lethargicness and the materialism. And that y'all are, y'all eat up with it. But, you, but you've got to understand that you're a human person. And your human nature is built after the nature of God. And you've been robbed and deceived. And it's got to be brought back to true nature, to Jesus. Okay? And to do that, we've got to realize that our enemy is defeated by our God, our King, our Father. And to do that, he already knows who you are. He knows what you are. He knows what you're about. He knows things about you that, about your future you don't know yet. But he's willing to work with you. Because he loves us. And that's something. Yeah, I find it hard to work with some of y'all, you know. Americans, y'all come down, boy, I run y'all quick. Out of here. I don't want no part of you. Well, God don't do that, does He? I want you to look at verse 34 now. This is what we're going to try to get a, get a hold of in the next couple of days. It's not going to happen in the next couple of days, but what will happen is we'll begin it. Is that fair enough? That ought to be fair enough. There's some of you in here, I, I, was, I was not judging anybody. I'm not trying to. That's not my reason for being here but i see that there's some people in here what's backslidden your heart you gotta tonight we're gonna get over that tonight a couple of you in here need jesus you need to be born again period look at verse 34 the spirit of the lord i'm reading this out of the amplified this is the phrase i found it's quite interesting because this is what's happening to us the spirit of the lord it says in the King James, it, it came upon him and it, in the Amplified it says the Spirit of the Lord clothed him. And then it, it's, it don't stop there. It says, and took possession of it. Y'all ain't used to them kind of phrases, you know. But down in our work, God comes into service with us and takes possession of us. It isn't my fault, but he does it. Sometimes people go into trances. My son's right here. It'll be two, three days before they come out. And they got jobs to do. When they got to go out in the cornfield, they're subsistence farmers, most of them. And they got things they got to do. But when God takes possession of you, you don't have nothing to do except obey him. Okay? Now, I know that's what you need. I know that's what I need. 
to be clothed with the Spirit of the Lord, to be possessed by God. That's what I need. He won't take you away from yourself nor who you are. He'll just let you do what He wants. Because you see, I came back from church that night. And they stopped me on the road because I was going to go home. And they brought me down. And when I went down in there, because it's late at night. I mean, it's late. Man, I've been, I've been up for two days. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. I got my 40 hours in the first two days, you know. You know, there's actually people come down and try to punch a clock on me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you God. I'll, I'll give myself to God for 40 hours a week. But I'm not going to give them more than eight hours a day, they say. You know what I tell them? Take you and your clock and leave. I don't need that. I need people that are sold out to God. Let God clothe them, possess them. And whatever He wants to do with us, we don't care. We're happy with it. Hmm. So anyway, I was on my way home, you know, and they stopped me. So I went down there. Turn to Acts, if you don't mind, please. The book of Acts. I was on my way down to the house and they stopped. So I go down there and I, I walk in there and there's a, there's a fiesta. You know what that is? It's a party. And I'm thinking, boy, that's a strange thing. These people are unusual. I already know that. But what are they doing? I mean, there's a party. I mean, everybody's happy and cheerful and people are laughing and carrying on. And I'm thinking, boy, these are weird people. That ain't, that's not what happened. They weren't weird because they were weird. They were weird because God came. When God gets hold of you, He makes you different. You don't fit the pattern no more. Anybody's pattern. And so... I go in there and they sit me down at the head of the table. I got this honored position and I'm sitting there and here they come out with this big huge bowl of tamales and we call them surprise packages because it's surprise what's in there usually. <laughs> and so you untie the you untie the they, they do with banana leaves you untie it and get it open it up and you eat it you know it's finger foods. And so I'm sitting there I still don't know what's going on and and uh, I eat all these tamales and. I'm so full I can't hardly move, and they bring me some mole. Eso sí es muy bueno. Eso sí, Dios va a comer eso. Gloria a Cristo, hermanita. What I told her was God's going to be eating on mole. Because <laughs> it's real good. Well, anyway, they brought me a bowl of mole, but the problem was I had myself about half a dozen tamales. And I was full. They're not them little old things y'all get in the can here. They're homemade big old things you eat, you know. Anyway. And you put a you put a chicken leg or something up in there. I mean, they, 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 they really treat you right. You just think KFC does chicken right. I'm going to tell you right now, when them Indian people get a hold of them tamales, they make they do it right. But I'm full. But it don't matter. i got to eat another meal, so I sit right down. That's just the way it is. Is that not what the Bible says? Well, just in case you wonder, it's in Luke chapter 10. <laughs> Eat whatever's said and set in front of you. So we do. 
So I eat it all, and I'm sitting there, I still don't know what's going on. I'm like, boy, I'm about to blow up now. I'm so full. And here they come out with some atole agrio. Mira, la hermana. <laughs> I might mess with you a little bit. Atole agrio is uh, it's a uh, corn drink. It's, uh, it's uh, not sweet. And it's very powerful for your body. It's healthy. It's, you can't get it any better. It's, it's good. And so anyway, we drank all that. Boy, I told him, I said, look, yeah, that's enough. I said, that's all. I said, what are we having a party over? And directly that man had all them holes stuck in him. He comes walking in there. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Yeah. See, these things to party about. Jesus is alive. The devil's defeated. He's changed us. He's took possession of us. He has clothed us in himself. And he's alive. Y nos permite tomar atole, hermana. Come on with it. <laughs> I told her he, he lets us drink a totally. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is good. I got somebody I can preach to. This is good. <laughs> Acts chapter 1. About all the blood. I don't know where all the spilled blood went out of his cavity because it was in both cavities, upper and lower. I don't know what happened to his cut organs. They were healed, and I don't know what happened. They're healed, and he's fine. No repercussions, no, uh, what do you call it, therapy. Just Jesus. And I was looking at him, I said, man, are you all right? He started doing, you know, jumping up and down and worshiping God and going nuts. I said to him, I said, show me them holes. He jerked his shirt up and all he had was one, two, three, four scars, little slits. They were still there. That's the only thing that was left to prove that there had anything happened. I find that amazing, personally. But to see the devil's defeated. <laughs> Yahoo! You know what gives people the most problem is my matter-of-fact way that I talk. I, don't, I, don't, I go into lots of drama, but it's not that really high drama, you know. Like, you know, like we had something to do with it. I'm telling you, I was off preaching somewhere when God came and healed that guy. I had nothing to do with it. The only thing I did was touch him. Got blood all over me. I ruined one of my shirts. I had to get a new shirt. I figured we can live with that too. Acts chapter 1. There's something you got to have. If you want to be clothed with God, you got to let Him do something. That's fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you want to walk in power, you got to under, you got to understand that the devil is defeated. I don't mean in a cliche. Christians have their own language. You go to the mall and talk Christian talk, and people around you don't understand what you're saying. I don't want you to learn language. I want you to get the Holy Ghost. And I'm not questioning whether you have the Holy Ghost. 
I'm not questioning whether you're born again. I'm telling you, what you got is not all there is. Nor is what I've got. I haven't found the person yet. I'm looking to be there myself one day. But I haven't found perfection. I'm looking for it. And I will keep searching. And hopefully I will find it. And hopefully I won't be fit for this planet and he'll take me on out of here. Like he did some other people I know in the Bible. See, you worry about things that's none of your business. See, there's some of y'all in here would fight me over pre-trib doctrine. Punch. If it'll do you any good, hit me. But let me, let me make a deal with you. You can't forecast when he's coming back. Don't hit me. That's a mistake. Some of you would fight me over mid-trib. Some of you would fight me over post. But I'm going to take my daddy's advice. Southern Baptist professor of theology. Pan. It's going to all pan out. There. Don't worry about it. If you're interested in studying it, go ahead, get your friends around you, and have a blast. But don't make it something that's going to cause division, problems. Let me show you why. It says right here in verse uh, 6, Acts 1, 6. So they, when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is, is this the time? That's what you want to know. When you'll be established and restore the kingdom in it's not none of your business, he said. Verse 7 says that. So I figure if Jesus said it ain't none of my business, I don't need to be worried about it. But you know, there is some things I need to be worried about. I just have to tell you all, this just happened. It is not my fault. But the only thing I can do is cut my beard if I would, but I just won't. <laughs> but I'll help you cut yours if you want it cut. See, there's this little old baby. I can't help it. I got to tell you. I'm not going to go anywhere and not tell them this. Because over yonder in chapter 4, I don't think we'll make it there. I want to, but we're just not going to do it. Of Acts, Peter had himself some 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 problems. All he had to do was shut up, and he would have been not beat up, and it'd have been all right. But the Bible says he opened wide his mouth. He just had to tell him. Main reason is because they're there. They shouldn't have never come if they didn't want to hear. I don't see where it was Peter's fault. They beat him up anyway. So I went to this village. Now that's my fault. I'll push. The, uh, let me explain to y'all, okay? I'm a four-wheel drive man. I don't drive a sodomite Lexus around. (Laughter) 
You know, I could, I, I could leave off the sodomite and be okay with everybody. But you see, the yuppie prep attitude of life that is consuming the world, but it has no value except putting everybody in bondage to Babylon. It has to be called a sodomite car. It just has to be. Of course, it could be that Toyota Camry you're driving. Or that, uh, what did I see out front here when I got, first got here? Let's see, what was that thing? Was a Jeep Cherokee Grand or something. You know, I could just keep going there and then I could end up with what everybody's got. A 1969 Ford pickup truck. You know, it's a, it's a spirit. It's not particularly the, the metal. It's, but it's what you make it to be. Whether it's a sodomite car or not. Whether it'll take you from the great promises of God or not. Isn't that true? So anyway, I was in my, we, do, we do four wheel. That's the only way you can get to church where I live. Well, in dry season, I reckon you could probably use a two-wheel drive, but that's stupid, I guess. We also drive, uh, I drive the best, uh, can I name them? Oh, yeah, why not? Let me just stir it up good. I drive a XR 600R Honda, off-road motorcycle. And I pull home Yamahas and Kawasaki. I feel like I'm being very gracious by dragging them to the house. As long as we've got a 15-foot rope where my motorcycle won't get tainted by it, I'm all right. <laughs> and we're going to have fun. Because <laughs> see, the problem is not what you drive. It's who's driving you. It really isn't the maker model. It really isn't. I really just hate to drag you to the house every night, though. But I mean, you know, it's... Four-wheel drives and motorcycles, and we use horses and feet, and that's how we do church. It's a little different than y'all. Some of y'all is mad because you got your little sodomite car dirty driving up that little old 200 yards on. <laughs> Isn't that right? I know I'm telling the truth. Boy, I'm hitting some good notes here. You know, I can't sing like y'all, but I'm hitting notes anyhow. By the way, y'all did a good job. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I went to church in my Ford. I paid off at me. But I don't know how long I can. I'm constantly pulling them Dodges home. I hate it. <laughs> now I'm meddling. I'm glad I got a toe strap, but toe strap is a thing, a woven thing made out of nylon where you where it don't jerk the people you pull in. But since I tell my people don't buy them devils, and they buy them anyway, I get one of them three quarter inch or a three eighths inch trace chains out and just jerk the fire out of them. I honestly need it. <laughs> okay. 
Well, at least I left Chevrolet alone. But I can get them because I pull them home too. <laughs> so, but I'm out yonder. Guess what? It's raining. I mean, y'all know I don't melt. I've been out there in lots of rain. I don't melt. But it gets muddy. Problem is, it's a brand new church. And we don't have no uh, church people. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about building. People are the church. The building is a blessing. You are the church. And so, anyhow, we're, we're there and I'm all wet. My wife was with me. She's wet too. Now she melts. Since she ain't here, I can pick on her some. Well, I guess I would if she was here. Her hair just melted. It just went away. And the problem about my wife's hair is, it's that kinky kind. So whenever it quits raining and the humidity's in the air, my baby gets big hair. <laughs> gets thicker by the minute. Of course, y'all don't understand that, do you? Yeah. I just keep my hat on. Don't worry about it. Well, let me tell y'all something. Now, this is, this is where we got to go. Now, I don't mind the, the, the ride out there in the four-wheel drive, and it's lengthy and hard. I don't mind it. I've been at it so long, I honestly don't recognize it. I just turn my tape player on and worship Jesus. and It's part of, it's part of my life. I, it's like you get up and take a shower, I'll get up and ride four-wheel drive. And so we, we was out there in the mud. No place to hide from the rain because it's a brand new church and just not, there's not a, uh, a tinglado or a galera. It's a shed thing. And uh, this lady walks up to me and hands me a baby, y'all. little bitty baby. A few months old. I just have to tell you, is it okay if I tell you this? Because this impressed me about Jesus. She gave me that baby, and I'm a good grandpa. I enjoy being a good grandpa. I like it, and I like being a good daddy. I'm good. I'm good to my kids. I'm good. To my, I'm a good husband. I enjoy that. It's part of me that I enjoy. And so when that woman gave me that baby, I'm, it's natural to me. I don't mind. But I'm looking at it because usually when they hand them to me, they're dead. Usually, they walk up to me, and, and the woman will be distraught, and because her baby's dead, and she'll just give it to me, and be bundled up but this one was live and kicking boy and so I'm looking at you know I'm looking at it for problems and diseases and it was healthy so I checked on his little clothes you know and all that that baby was fine but it, so I didn't understand why she gave me that baby it didn't make sense I mean for a woman to come up to me in the first place where I live and, and mess with me it's, it don't happen but then for one to really do it it really there's got to be a serious reason and there was. And I just didn't see it. Because I asked her, sorry, what, what's the matter? She started trying to tell me and couldn't because the Holy Ghost come on and knocked her out. Boom. Now she's in the mud. And so I'm looking at her. And I'm looking at this baby. I absolutely didn't feel a thing. I'm wondering, I wonder what's got her. So I called my, my elders over. Baby. Oh, really? 
I mean, come on. I've been holding it a while. I know it's a baby. It smells like a baby. looks like a baby. It's a baby. You got it? Well, he got to looking at that baby, and the problem was he knew it. I didn't know it. And he started trying to tell me. Who can tell me what happened to him? <coughs> He's in the mud. So I'm really getting, boy, this is strange, isn't it? So I said, ah, oh, that's no problem. I'll call my Indian leader over, my director. Hermano Jose Marcos Vangasen. Chipano Paranica. Chihuasi Calmanale. That's Aztec. She don't know that language. She gets here. Vangasen Paca. Vamos a hablar. Platicar un poquito. Amen. That means that you just come here. We got to have a little talk. He come over and, and I said, what is this baby here? And because he don't want me to feel offended or nothing like that. So he's just, you know, being nice to him and everything. No, 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 hermano, mira. Look, look, look here, bro. What is this baby here? Because I'm a very curious person. And I ain't going to, I mean, I just got to know. And so when I shoved that baby down in there and he saw who it was, who could tell me what happened? <laughs> He's in the mud. Now all my leadership's in the mud. Problem is, I want to get in the mud with him, but I can't. He won't, I don't get to feel it. I don't know why he's in the mud. So, I mean, why am I going to do? Just act like I'm going to get in the mud with him? I mean, I'm about ready to do it. Finally, some people come up to me and they didn't get close to me. They were smart. Started explaining to me, Brother David, that baby, that baby, that baby was born without eyeballs. And God created brand new eyeballs in that baby's head. Jesus. So, here's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm telling you. You worry about pre, mid, or post. I'll worry about new eyeballs. Is there a difference here? Are you catching on yet? And I'm going to mess with you till you catch on. The devil's defeated. We've got to get possessed by the Holy Ghost. We've got to get clothed by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Now, there's something you got to see at the end of verse 7. It says, and he said to him, it is not for you to become acquainted with knowledge of what times. Don't worry about it, in other words. It ain't none of your business. The things and events of time and their definite periods or fixed years or seasons, their critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed, fixed, and reserved by his own, listen to this, choice. I apologize to you that as intelligent as you are and as bright of a nation as you are, the greatest there's ever been, you're not going to know what God knows. You're the smartest generation biblically that's ever been born. Y'all know that. Y'all know things that prophets wish they knew. But you don't know that you know that. Because you feel like exactly what, how you act. 
defeated, powerless. But you're not that. You have been bought by the blood of Jesus. And you are valuable. You are a holy nation. A peculiar people. That's who you are. It's God's choice that we don't know certain things. Live with it. Put your attention on His power. On something that can help humankind, mankind. It's His authority that keeps it from being revealed to us. It's His personal, this is what this is saying, personal power that does that. Don't fight it. Submit to it. I'm helping you out. I know I am. Because verse 8 is where we got to go. And the King James it says, You shall receive power when that the Holy Ghost done come on you. And the Amplified it uses two other words. You shall receive power. That's not all you're going to receive. Ability, efficiency, and might. In myself, I can prove all of this scripturally, yeah, cause, just because I want to, I, sometimes I do. In myself, when I got there and my friend was gangrene was setting in on him and killing him, he'd already swollen up and it, it's over, you, you're dead when that happens. But he's got holes poked all through him. My sight, what I saw of him, was there's no there's nothing I can do about it. Told his wife, get the house in order before he dies. Find out what you need to know. Prepare yourself. And she says, But you're going to pray for him. I said, I sure am. But we're going to prepare anyway. Because I don't know if it's the will of God for him to live or not. I know it's the will of God for me to believe for him to live. I know it's the will of God for me to pray. I know it's the will of God for me to walk in the ability to see him live. I know it's the will of God for me to walk in the efficiency of it. And the might of it. But whether God will grant it, I don't know. But I can believe Him too. Isn't that right? But because I see something that I don't, that I can't change, and that nobody I know can change, don't make it a failure. Makes it an opportunity. Don't it? It's an opportunity. You've got to give God the opportunity. Because I'm sorry, you're not God, you do not know. And you'll never convince me that you are. I've seen Him. You don't look like you. Nor does He look like me. But He's in all of us. In Jesus' name. Isn't that right? (sighs) 
Say, I got shot for preaching the gospel. They decided to kill me, and they shot me. That's a very depressing thing. Very disappointing. Flesh don't like to tolerate that kind of stuff. See that mark on the side of my face? They got me, brother. Good shot. Good clean head shot. But the problem was, they didn't kill me. Now that's a problem. <laughs> it's just certain people you ought not to shoot. That's what you say. Leave them alone. Best thing you can do. And so anyway, uh, I have, look at me. I'm not mad at them. No more than I'm mad at you. I, I'm not mad. I'm happy. I'm blessed. Uh, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do nothing. I had to, I was knocked out for quite a while. And when I woke up, I, I thought the, I thought my eyeballs was knocked out because I couldn't see. But I felt up there. I felt all kind of flesh. It was tore all to pieces. My wife put me back together pretty good, I think. And I finally got to the trail over where my horse my horse was there. I was on a horse and got knocked off. And the funny thing about it was, it was as clear a day as we had today. Sun was shining, except it was lots cooler. It wasn't 100 degrees. It was about 75. Perfect day. Just awesome. I mean, I'm out here and I'm going to church on a horse. I mean, I mean, how good can it get? My Lord, that's wonderful. I done prayed for four hours. I feel good. I feel saved. Well, I feel dumb now about walking into their trap and getting blasted like that. Uh, but some people picked together me up, brought me back to the house. And when I got back home, I was leaking again. And my wife, oh, it was terrible. I tracked up her house a little bit with some blood. And she she didn't say a word, actually. She just wanted to know one thing, because she's from North Louisiana like I am. She knows how to run that double barrel just like I do. And she only wanted to know one thing. Who did it? That's all she wanted to know. And I said, I don't have any idea. I didn't see them. <laughs> you know that saying, some of y'all might not know it, but I'm going to teach you. If you hear it, they missed. If you don't, they didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I don't, <laughs> they didn't miss. So anyway, you know, I'm laughing. It's fun to me, you know, now. Cause honestly, I forgive them. That's fine. I give place to the great Holy Ghost. He can do a much better job than I can. But you know what? Let me tell you something good about it. My wife put me all back together with her little butterfly thing she made because there's no hospital a long ways from us and all that. Because I was up in the mountains in the jungle. And it's, it's proper for me to stay put where I'm at with let Jesus touch me. I know that's a different opinion than you got. I understand that. But I, I have lots of opinions different than you. And so does God. So, okay, here we go. 
I'm laying in there. She took care of me, put the last pack on me. I sent that boy right over there. You remember going? I was 11. He was 11 years old when this happened. And I went around and got him by a shirt collar. I mean, I'm leaking all over the place. I took him. I said, look, you got to go preach my place. That's another thing y'all would have never done. Well, you'd have never let your son preach in the first place. You'd rather him play Nintendo and go around with Michael Jackson, devil from hell. Now, I can't say there's anything wrong with Nintendo, but I'll tell you something's wrong with Michael Jackson. He's a devil. I think y'all got a Nintendo, don't you? Seems like. But it's monitored by me. Not somebody else. So I told my little old boy over there, I said, you're going to go. And you're going to go in my place. You're going to preach the gospel. And I'll get your guitar and get out of here. So I sent him off. Now then, first place, y'all wouldn't have sent him to preach. And you'd never send him after they done shot you. You'd never let him go. That's the difference in us. I got a job to do. If it cost all of us, I can live with it. How about that? It's called commitment. It's a new thing God's doing. How <laughs> about it? So, if you want power, if you want might, if you want ability, if you want efficiency, you're going to do it His way. And it may not come out and turn out and start out the way you wanted it to. But I promise you, the thing that come against you is defeated and it has been a long time. And you've got to remember that. You can't let circumstances alter the way you view things. Whether it's political, financial, marital, children, doesn't matter. You've got to believe what the Bible says consistently all the time. And you'll get somewhere with it. And so I, I'm laying in yonder in the dark. It's been 10 or 12 hours since I've been hit and they gone to do service and I'm laying there. All of a sudden, somebody come in there and touch me on the sore head. Don't do that! So I ripped that ice pack off and threw it because it hurt. And I wish I was real more calm and, you know, I don't even know the right words to tell you that. Well, you'd receive me better, but I'm telling you right now, that hurt. Just downright hurt, okay? So I grabbed my an ice pack and just threw it across the room, and I was just to get me somebody. There wasn't but one thing wrong. Guy standing there, you don't mess with him. Because it was Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty happy about it. You don't know why? Because he healed me. (laughs) Yeah, he healed me. I got all my equilibrium back. All the pain went away. And guess what I had? I walked out of that door. My wife bowed, had a fit. She was sitting on the the couch reading her Bible, praying and stuff. I walked out and said, hey, woman. She looked at me. I said, give me some clothes. I need to take a shower. Me and you got a date. She's going. I said, yeah, yeah, it's your fault. 
Jesus, come in there and touch me, and I'm healed now. Let's go have a date. How does that sound? Isn't that something? I didn't have the might to be healed or the efficiency or the ability. But I had the, I had the wife that did. Because I was not mentally in the shape to fight. I was knocked out. I was gone. But my wife, very tenacious young lady. She's, she don't like it when somebody messes with me. And... Jesus heard her and healed. Now, what you got to get is something else. There's another thing happened. Because I was, I decided to go out there where they got me and, and just, just see if they could do it again. I mean, some people just can't get enough. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some people you ought not to shoot because they just can't get enough. You got to do it again. <laughs> See, I like it because Jesus touched me. I like it because He healed my body. You got to understand, it touched hurt me. I, I thought so was a human because the side of my head felt a, a, a hand and ooh, oh, oh. I was missing fuss. Problem was, it don't do no good. How you gonna fuss at Jesus? I mean, He come here, touch and heal you. I mean, what are you gonna fuss at Him about? Take the pain and hush. Well, y'all, I went out to church. This is good, and I like it. Next evening, I'm out here, and I got my, at that time, I was driving a GMC. That might so calm things down a little bit. That thing was a 454. Double traction, 40-inch gumbos. Oh, come on. This is good. Tuned headers and drilled out carburetors. I mean, come on, this can't get much better. That thing will leap off the ground. Wow! I've done it before, I know. <laughs> Serious, 456 gears. Oh, baby. I like power. So does God. You know, I went on out to church, and since I had dual exhaust straight pipes... I kept it in about 3,000 RPM just so they could know I was coming. I was real noisy. Because I had three-inch pipes all the way from the header's back. And so they could hear me coming. And did you know what God did? God let them hear me. They filed out of them mountains by the hundreds. There were hundreds of Indians came just to see. Now you listen to what they came to see. They came to see a human being... Whom, whom normal bullets have no power over. Wow. Now, had they asked me, I'd have told them they got plenty of power over me. They beat me up pretty bad. But Jesus come here and fixed me back up. And now I'm out here because I just want to fight and look the devil in the face. Just because I want to. Y'all would all say, well, I prayed and God told me to go. Well, that's not what I did. I was mad and I wanted to go. 
And if you'll think about your, what you call in prayer, sometimes it's just an emotion you're running on anyway. Lots of time, most of the time. Because if you honestly prayed, things would change and it wouldn't be like it is now. Hello. So, anyway. There were so many people I couldn't preach. I was up against the wall. They were putting their hands through the, because it's bamboo, you know. And they put their hands through the wall. They was holding on to me while I was preaching. They just couldn't believe it. I, and, and I couldn't either. Because it was ticklish. <laughs> uh, here I'm trying to preach and some of these people tickling me. They weren't meaning to tickle me. They just wanted to touch me. Because they were sick and they wanted to be healed. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And all of a sudden I heard this. Wait a minute. we got to do something else. Go over here with me to Mark. I want to do this. This ain't planned. Except for Jesus. Mark chapter 4. Wait, wait. No. Chapter 2. I'm going to have to quit. I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. Verse 2, so many people gathered together that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door. And he was discussing the Word of God. And they came bringing a paralytic man who had been picked up and was being carried by four men. When, I, when I, I'm up here preaching, right, and there's this press, there's hundreds of people. Our, our, this little church building we had, it's just they're all outside. They're just everywhere. They're all gra- grabbing me all up. They couldn't even get to me because of the people behind me outside, Okay. And so, this, all of a sudden I noticed there's a fight going on over here at the door. I mean, it's, I mean, we're talking fight. And I didn't care, I kept preaching anyway. I mean, my God, you know, I've been shot, what's a fight? So I just kept on, I just kept on uh, preaching and, see, look what this here, it says right here in verse 4, it says, And when they could not get to him in, in front of Jesus because of the throng of people, they dug a hole in the roof. And they scooped open and let him down on his pad. I want you to look at verse 5. Because those men fought their way through, dug a hole in the roof, and put this, put this person down through the roof. And it says, and Jesus saw their faith. So you think, I mean, Jesus ought to be more spiritual than that. But what he's seeing is he's seeing them tear up somebody else's roof. And he's watching four, four men up here on the ropes lowering this guy down to him. And he's calling it faith. He saw it. It was something he could physically, with his naked eye, see was their faith. And see, we, we try to be spooks about everything. Won't you just calm down and be a human? And let God be God. How, why don't we do that? We should try. It works. These men fought their way into me. And I mean, they fought. It took a while. But I just kept preaching anyhow. And I was wondering what they had on that mat. Well, it turns out it's a little boy. I have no idea what's wrong with the little boy. They didn't tell me what the little boy's problem was. I didn't ask them. I just kept preaching Jesus is king. Well, directly, that little old boy, he, he, well, there wasn't no place to put him. So they laid him on my boots. I can't say I like that very much either. But it happens. Got a free boot polish out of it. So, directly that little boy turned over, put his hands in, in between his legs, and 
You know, that, that's, if, is that not normal when somebody's sleeping? They're going to change position, turn over, put their little hands in there. And then all of a sudden, all the men looked at each other and started talking in Nahuatl. Reached down, picked up that little boy, fought that way back out. And I didn't know what in the world was wrong with that boy. There was no formal prayer ever given. And see, y'all don't even believe it can happen without, without y'all's little one, two, three program going. But I've got news for you. The anointing of God don't need you, buddy. God's bigger than you and your program. And your little mental capacities. What was wrong was that little old boy was born paralyzed and he was 12 years old. Had never moved in his life other than his head and neck. And when he reached over and turned over, them men were scared. Clearly he got him and ran with him. Problem was, he, he was completely healed. He was about a dozen years old. He's pretty nice. So that's what you do when the devil attacks you. You get yourself healed. You go out there and just show him that you've got the power of the Holy Ghost on you. You don't bow and succumb to his will. You bow and succumb to the Holy Ghost's will. You do what Jesus tells you. Do you understand? You need to show Jesus your faith. You need to show Jesus he's given you the ability. You need to show him the efficiency he's given you. You need to show him. The might He's given you. Because He wants to see it. And He'll back you. The problem is you doubt that. But in a public assembly like this, if I called you out, you know, I believe that. But the problem is we get in, we get in, push coming to shove, you can't, you won't do it. You'll back down. But we can't. Church, it's time to get backbone on us. It's time to repent, church. It's time to stand up for the living King, Jesus. It's time to be holy and righteous. It's time to walk in the power of the gospel. It's got to let it happen through you. They don't need us being who we were and who people think we are and we good because who, who, who they see. They need us being who God made us to be. Because they, they see us hiding behind the wine press. God sees us as a mighty warrior bringing deliverance. Are y'all catching on to this yet? I'm preaching the gospel to you. Because see, what you got to understand, what's wrong with me is I get to see this nearly every day of my life, what I'm talking to you about here. I get to watch it work. Nearly every day. One of my best friends, he's an older man, about 85. He's one of the greatest warriors I've ever met. He's a powerful Indian man. He's... He can carry 150 pounds and just back up any mountain. He's just an amazing human being. He's, whew, he's something else. The reason he and I got to be such good friends is because he sent me word one day that he needed help, and I went out there, didn't know him. And I get there, and he had a hole in his foot. What's this? Clean through. Daylight to daylight. Bones gone. Everything's messed up. So he said, I heard. This is what he said. He told me. I heard your God can do anything. I said, you heard right. He said, I also heard that if you'll touch me, your God will back you and do anything. I said, you heard right. He said, what do I have to do? I said, I'm glad you asked. You have to get born again, my brother. Born again, what's that? 
So I told him. He got born again. His old house did. Boom. Stuck my hand down there on that rotten mess. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. He said, how long is this going to take? I said, I have no idea. He said, do you have time to eat some mole? I said, more than likely. So his wife went in there, and I'm going to tell you something about Indian folks. They eat hot food. Very hot food. Chili piquin. <laughs> so a little chili about pepper, about that big. Comes in orange, green, yellow. Top of your head. Wahoo! No sinus problems. Keeps you healthy. Kills all the bugs. It's good for you. You ought to try it. Works. So I ate with him. He happens to grow chili pecan. Little uh, boy grows hundreds of them. Whoosh. He eats them like candy. I can't eat. I can't eat. I can't do it. I just can't. My tolerance is very high, but I, it's not like his. He's an amazing fellow. I just can't believe it. He just chews them and eats them. And I just look at him and shake my head. I take one and... It's rough. He's an awesome man. I love him. Well, I went back there a couple of weeks later. He wasn't there. Where's he at? Well, he'll be back directly. He comes running in. Man's completely healed. God gave him a new bone, new muscles, new tendons, new skin, new everything. Completely healed. All right, now that, that gives you a problem. All right, because when people get healed like that, they expect you to stay that way. They expect you to, no matter what they say, you got to fix it. They expect every time you get around them to be able to see that kind of faith. So you have to stay ready. Otherwise, you can disappoint some folks. So I do. In Jesus' name, we try. We work. We fast and pray every other day. Ooh, seek God. Ha, ha. We work on it. Aggressively. Well, y'all, this is what happens. I got a note. I need you right now. Hermano Vicente, vengase, ahora, bueno. So I took off, I went to him, shoo. Got out there, I was on my Honda. He comes walking up. He says, you know, we got a problem. I said, what's that? You know this drought? I said, yeah, what about it? Well, it's been going on for over a year now. He says, you know, planting season came. So I went out there and planted my chilies, like every year. You know, they came up and great, but they're all dead now. Well, I'm just looking at it. All right. He said, I want you to go up there and raise them all up. The way y'all laughing, I did inside, but not outside. I said, wait a minute, this is tree, this is this is plants, little chili plants. 
I said, do you have any of the leaves we said, Yeah, look here. Took me one. Oh, Lord. I'd have done better if you wouldn't have showed me that. He said, what's the matter? I said, ain't nothing the matter. He said, didn't you tell me? Here we go. Didn't you tell me, Brother David, that uh, God's people was in the desert one time, and they was all starving to death, and they hit a rock, and water came out? I said, yeah, I did tell you that. He said, didn't you tell me that they come up on this river, and it was flooded, and they needed to be on the other side, so they took the ark of God down here and stepped in the water, and it stopped, and they all went on dry land across. Is that true? I said, that's, that's true. It happened. He said, didn't you tell me the first city they come up on was named Jericho? And they got this great massive army. And so they walked around and walked around in all these times. And all of a sudden the walls went flat and went and killed everybody. Now they got all this land and God gave it to them. Is that true or not? That's true. He said, let's go. I said, where are we going? See that mountain over there? That little bitty white spot? That's mine. Let's go. We're going. What? Cry up there. He said, let's go, young man. All right. We went. We get up there. Dust is deep. I'm not kidding. It's way over a year, no rain. We walked around that thing seven times. Big old plot of land. I'm dirty and dusty now and tired. And we commanded them chilies to live. Guess what it didn't do? It didn't rain for six more months. Guess what? Chili's don't have to have to live. They sure don't. They don't have to have water. You think they do. I think they don't because I saw it myself. Do you know we didn't lose any of them? Every one of them chili plants came back to life. You know what? It ain't my fault either. And you know what else? It was the best crop he ever had in all of his life. Oh, all them people around him, all of his unsaved relatives that was mad at him for loving Jesus. None of their chilies grew. They all died. And his chilies did, so they, they had to buy from him. He had such an abundant crop, he had access, so he sold it to them. Now he's rich, and he's got chilies. See, that's the will of God for us. Well, that's actually what the Bible says. Now, what we've got to do is get it into our spirits. We, we have got to understand that the devil is defeated. And that God has control now on all of nature. He can do what he wants to, when he wants to. I think this is 15 or 16 days for y'all, over 100 degrees. I think it's 40-something for Dallas, Texas, 59. They're in the worst drought ever. I think the whole West is on fire. I think the food's drying up. The rivers are drying up. In South Louisiana, there ain't no crawfish. And I think it's about time for you to pay attention. Because it can get worse. But if my people who are called by my name... And call on heaven. I will hear from heaven. 
What's that? I think that's the sound of abundance of rain I hear. Holy Ghost rain. It ain't the devil's fault. It ain't no president's fault. It's the house of God's fault. You point your finger. You know what? Every time we point finger, you realize we got three of them pointing back at us. Y'all realize that? We the problem. We fix us, things solve around us. God will fix it. Because he loves us. Y'all stand up and let's pray together. I done went way over time and everything else. But I wanted to start out with you and shout at you and so forth and have fun with you. And I got to finish the story now that I got you up and let your blood circulate a little bit. You thought the story was over. It wasn't over. Because the same man what had the hole in his foot got, it, got his foot back brand new. Same man what got his chilies that they'd all died, got them all brought back to life. By the way, there were 1,642 chili plants. And every one of them brought back to life. Didn't lose one of them. It's amazing. You, you always lose some to the bugs and the birds. Not this time. Not this time. There's another little problem he had. Sent me another note. We don't have faxes and... <laughs> Presario compact computers with Pentium 3 processors. <laughs> we don't have that in our work. I'm sorry. That's just, we're not there yet. No, I don't want to go there either. I want to go to Jesus, right? So he sent a runner to me, and the runner brought me this note, and I opened the note, and I'm reading it while the runner runs off. Because it took him 14 hours to get to me. Running. I'm looking at that note, and I'm trying to find his runner, trying to ask some questions. The problem is, he's gone. Now, the note said, and it was Brother Vicente again. How do you say Vicente? What's Vicente in English? Vincent? Vincent? Is that it? Vincent? Vincent. Hermano Vicente is better. And so anyway, uh, it says on there that his grandson's in dire need. By the time I get this note, he'll have been dead already 14, 16 hours. I just couldn't believe it. I'd just been out there. The boy was healthy. There wasn't nothing wrong. Oh, Jesus. So I went in there. I showed my, that note to my wife. I said, get my boots. I got a job. Now, look. What y'all don't understand, I don't, I don't know if you're getting it or not, but I didn't have time to fast 21 days to get ready to raise the dead. I got to go now. You got to stay there. Did you hear that? Okay. I didn't have time to go and get the intercessors together and, you know, pray until I felt like I was ready. I was ready because the Bible says I'm ready. My personal feelings have very little to do with it other than I didn't want to go because I just didn't want to go. But I got my boots, laced them up. My wife laid her hands on to me, gave me something to drink, put on my goggles. Poof, I'm gone in the jungle. Goodbye. I do them a long way. I'm blessed. I'm gifted. I can ride that thing on the back car a long way. You know, it saves tread on the front. <laughs> so I'm going, you know. I'm going hard just because that's the kind of person I am. I like to go hard. 
There ain't no hurry. He's been dead a long time. Let me watch 10 minutes. So, by the time I get there, because it's a few hours for me too, even on, a, even on that 600, it's a good long ways out there. Took me a couple hours. When I got there, I come driving up. Now, here's what you got to get this. I mean, you got to understand that this is very aggressive. Okay? I come driving up. I mean, I'm sweating. I mean, it's hot like today, but I had some humidity, more humidity. I mean, it was hot, humid. And, you know, I got on all, I've been working. I've been jumping creeks and stuff and carrying on, and you know, and off-road and all that. And, uh, boy, I'm just sweated through. And uh, When I shut that big bike off, because you can hear it coming a long way. This also has straight pipe. And, uh, you know, power. Well, power is necessary. It's all overkill on power, you're always right. And so, uh, you never know when you're going to need it. Never know. You might need it. And then if you don't have it, then you're in trouble. But if you do, just turn it on. See how easy it is? I like it. And so, this, you know, I come riding up. Well, this, I turn around. I, I'm sweating. I got my, my gloves still on, my goggles. I just had time to get them up. I didn't have, I get nothing off, no backpack. I'm covered in mud and sweat. And I turn around and there's that little old Indian standing there. He's got in his hands a little wrapped up. Looks like a papoose, what y'all would know it as. More, more, it's just a little wrapped up in a blanket. That's the way they do their dead babies. He's just looking at me. He's very somber, real. I mean, he's nothing jovial about him. He's a real funny. I love him. He's a good guy. But this is his grandson. He ain't said a word to me. He just stuck that kid in my arms. And I go, he said, Nani neki inemilis panikuni amante. Now then, I wish I wouldn't have learned that Aztec then. I want the life of God in my grandson, and I want it right now. The problem with it is, He's seen his foot healed. He watched his chilies grow back up. Now I want my grandson back. Now who am I? I mean, look, you've got to understand this. I understand God gives a certain amount of years to live on the planet. i got all them scriptures. You can throw all of them at me. I know them. You understand? I know y'all's theologies y'all toss around. And the things y'all go hide in. When you don't know the answer, you throw up some scriptures so you can hide. But there ain't nowhere to go. I have to accept it. The only thing I told him was, Amo, Nani Amo Onka, Inemilis. I'm not the giver of life. That's all I got to tell him. <laughs> and he said, Ikunitotekototiotse. But the Son of God is. <laughs> yeah! So, how can you refute it? Where are you going to hide now? What doctrine are you going to throw at him to cover yourself in case it don't work? Well, you the one told him the Jericho walls came down and the river stopped and all that. And he believes you. So I lifted his grandson up to the sky. I said, all right, Holy Ghost. I started praying in English. Spanish, tongues, Indian, everything I knew. Help! 
I prayed out in that ball and the sun was all standing out. The whole village was out there watching us. I mean, this is pressure, buddy. Nothing happened. So right, what do you do? How do you cover yourself? You don't try. I don't need covering. I'm already covered. I'm clothed with the Holy Ghost. I am possessed with the goodness of God. <laughs> Isn't that right? It's either right or I'm a liar. One of the two, it can't be anything else. This is what I told him. I handed that baby back to him. I said, all right, I'll do it all in English so it won't be all misinterpreted. I said, here's your grandson, our son, raised from the dead by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I handed it back to him, he's still 20 hours dead. you understand that? And he's still, he's the same as he was when he gave him to me. You know, some of y'all theologians and spooks would refute me and throw scriptures at me, but as far as I could see, he was the same. And that old man studied me. He said right there and he looked at me, right in my eyes. Good half minute, 45 seconds. Just looked at me, just studied me. I mean, it, it, I could, my heart, it was, I mean, it was slow motion. It was one of them things, you know. He turned with that little old baby. To his son-in-law. Handed it right to him. He said, here's our baby raised from the dead by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that grandson, I mean that, uh, that uh, son-in-law, just studying him. Same thing now except on grandpa. <laughs> just studying him, looking at him. He was deciding. Just like his, his dad-in-law was. He turned to his wife it was a long time. Handed that woman that baby. Now you mamas, y'all ain't nothing but something else. I can't there's I could sit here with hundreds of stories and impress you about mamas. Man. But that daddy turned to his wife and said, Here's our son raised from the dead by the blood of Jesus. Now, you ready for this? Mama, mama, she didn't study him. She reached and got him. And the second she touched him, he came back to life. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. You sort the doctrine out. I went and had a party with them. Because they're very amazing people. They have to have these parties for everything. And they, they even have these wakes. It's a party. Then they had all the food and stuff ready for the wake for the grandson. The whole town was there. Except the grandson wasn't dead. So we had ourselves a live party. It's good, y'all. Is it all right? We worship Jesus. Can we do that? Come on, great Holy Ghost.
Thank you for your presence, God. We apologize, God. In Jesus' name, we ask for mercy and grace. We thank you for your word and its truth and its ability. We believe that our enemy is defeated. We believe you have the ability to cloak us, to clothe us, to possess us. Take us, Jesus. We let you have us, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. You are holy, Jesus. We need you, Lord Jesus. We want your power. We want your ability. We want your efficiency. We want your might, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. That lady's name was playing that piano a while ago. What's her name? What is it? Loretha. Right, Loretha, thank you. Is that the one? No. <laughs> Would you mind playing something on that piano about the blood of Jesus, please? Play it softly. Okay. We're going to worship Jesus just for a minute about His blood. We're going to thank Him for it. The only perfect covenant that was ever given was the blood of Jesus, God's only Son. Mind getting that microphone and singing that along with her? Just, just you. Not everybody else sings that bit. Go right on. Just going into it. y'all to pray with me please because see Jesus loves you so do I but he loves you much more than I do I'm still a fallible man but I tell you I love Jesus I'm working on them problems character flaws and oh attitudes and stuff it's my job to make people feel important and good my job to make sure that people feel like they're going to be born again when Jesus comes back. And if you believe in your heart right now with me, you will. That's one thing I can't do for you. I can talk you into it. I can help you. But I can't do it for you. Alright? I want y'all to pray with me. Y'all just pray what I pray if that's alright. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I acknowledge that I need you. I believe that you are the Son of God Almighty, Lord Jesus. I believe, Lord Jesus, that God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are my Lord and Savior. I believe that as of now, 
I am redeemed, saved, healed, blessed, delivered, and filled with the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to come right down this line and I'm going to pray with you. And as long as you can stand, stay here, just stay here. It's called the anointing. You need much of it as you can get your hands on. Pastor, you're going to come to this. Please lay hands on these folks. And I need you guys to walk with me, okay? We're going to let Jesus touch us. That's what we're going to do. It's not, it's not difficult. Fire of the gospel. Heaven touch you, sir. In Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I ask you to touch this family. Bless them. Heal them. In Jesus' name, fire in your spirit, sir. Be healed. You're all right. Grab her. Grab her. Don't let her fall. Don't, don't let her be afraid. You're okay. It's just the spirit of God. It's nothing else. He loves you. He just touches you. Jesus' name, fire of the gospel. How you doing? Doing all right? It's a good thing. Jesus' name, fire of the gospel. Jesus in his house. How are you, sir? Everything all right? That's a good thing. Get up here with him. Get up here with him. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Jesus' name. How's it going, my little brother? Jesus, that's a good thing. My grandson pulls it all the time. Don't hurt thing. <laughs> Jesus, touch you. Grab him, grab him. Jesus. See, it's just as important for you to see the power of God as it is for them to receive it. Because it releases energy into you like you don't you have. You have no idea what's happening you watching this. But see, I do. So does heaven. It's got a greater view of it than I do. Fire of the gospel. Flow river. Power. Touch you, sir. Touch him, great Holy Ghost. Freedom. Freedom to you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. You're very welcome. Jesus! <laughs> Doing all right? Jesus, touch you, my brother. Fire the gospel in your spirit. Be king. In Jesus' name. Jesus. <laughs> How's everybody? What is it? Huh? What is it? Huh? <laughs> All right. How y'all doing? Everybody doing all right? See, what's starting to happen is I'm starting to get this possession thing here. 
starting to happen. That's why you got to get this most important stuff out of the way first. Because I reckon I'm liable to just fall down or something. I hope so. I certainly hope so. Because I'm not going to stop if he runs through me like a freight train. I'll tell you that right now. This is what you're going to do. You're all going to do this. It's mad for you. Ha! Both are one. Hmm. You know what I don't like? It ain't never the will of God for women to be in the ditch and hurting and suffering. Kids and women. It just, it just is not the will of God. That really gets me aggravated. <laughs> I like being aggravated. Can y'all tell? That's what we're going to do for the rest of y'all. I may not know what to call it to get you to come and let us pray with you, but I honestly have enough time to pray for everybody if you want to. I don't care. Honestly. Before you leave here, you ought to determine in your spirit that you're going to know that the devil is defeated. And that you're going to let God possess you. And that you're going you're gonna to let the ability, the efficiency, and the might, and the power of the Holy Ghost take you over. People need you. You see all these people? You know what they need? They need me. What feels good, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it feeds my ego. It helps me. But you know what? It's not me at all. I have very little. I, yes, I have prayed. Yeah, I have paid what y'all call the price. I call it the honor. I don't call it a price. It's, I owe it. I mean, it's it's the honor of it. It's the. I don't know. I ain't gonna fight you. Over it. Call it what you want to. I don't care. <laughs> Just get it. He's got it for all of us. See, that, see, people try to tell you that only a certain few people can get this kind of gift. I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible says there's nine gifts and you can have whichever one of you desire to have. Now, if I was you, I'd go out to other like I do and be greedy and tell him you want them all. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Do you know what it's going to be like to have a changed house? You... <laughs> I can tell you, I'm one of them. Because, see, sometimes I go in and I, I quiz pastors. I say, what are y'all doing here in y'all's church? How y'all getting along? Oh, man, the fire of God's on us. I'll... Hey, I'm a fireman. Praise the Lord. If I go in there and say, oh, the river of God's blowing through here. Me too. I'm a river. I'll live in the river. Hallelujah. I say, Oh, they tell me the wind's blowing. Oh, the wind of God's on me. The breath of heaven's touching me. So you see, I'm very flexible. <laughs> Seems like some of y'all ain't. You got to get over it. You got you, you to get better than yourself. Yourself's what's holding you back. Nothing else. You blame it on the devil and every other thing. But I reckon it's probably our own attitudes, wouldn't you? Let it go. Come on now. Let it go. If you want us to pray with you, me and my son will be right on over here. Y'all come on this side, right over here. 
just be very polite with each other. Just line up in lines, and we will take our time. And these people here that are sick going to have to go down directly. There'll be plenty of room for everybody. Just come on down and get some hamburgers. There's a bunch of them down here. God's hamburgers. There's plenty to eat. Thank you, my brother. This is what y'all going to do. What are them people coming down here?